Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Narrated by Kurt Bonham. Prologue. Prophecy. This scroll better be worth dying for, plays on repeat in Lorius's head. A bead of sweat trickles down Lorius's temple, down his neck, the scroll clenched between his teeth. Deep in the underground caverns beneath the Lavender and Roses Society headquarters in New York City, his muscles strain in the damp darkness. He climbs up steep earthen walls, grunts, shrieks, hisses below him. He peers down, and there's a blur of bluish-orange shapes. Dumb those Domovoy. Professor Stone claims they're friendly and docile, but Lorius knows otherwise especially when you steal something they're guarding. Like a scroll. When piranha are done, they leave bones. The Domovoy do not. Lorius digs his fingers deeper into the pit's wall of dirt and climbs faster. Finally, at the top edge, Lorius heaves himself up and over and takes the scroll from his mouth. Four, then five, blue-haired, blue-bearded Domovoy emerge from the pit and their eyes lock on the scroll. The closest holds out a hand, puffs his orange chest. Lorius waves the scroll. Damn it, Papa Pip. It's me, Lorius. I've been down in the pits a thousand and one times. I took this for Professor Stone. I'll bring it back. Papa Pip still holds out a hand, cheeks an angry red. His mouth flashes rows of razor-sharp teeth. Teeth meant for tearing, slashing, slicing, and thick enough to gnash and grind bones. Lorius's bones. Six more Domovoy appear, their primal, guttural gurgling grinding the air molecules. Lorius pulls a Domovoy-sized wool sweater from his pocket. Stay back. You know I'll use this. Professor Stone better be right about his newly found information about the Domovoy's deadly allergy to wool. The Domovoy are fixated on the sweater. Lorius smiles, swings the scroll in a large arc. Domovoy heads follow the scroll. Lorius places it in the same hand holding the sweater, crams his free hand into his pocket, and retrieves a clear bag of M&Ms. Oh the Domovoy utter with emphatic enthusiasm. Forget the sweater allergy. Sweet treats work almost every time. You can have these, he shakes the bag. If I can have the scroll. The Domovoy dart their gaze from the bag to the scroll to the bag. 
Do we have a deal? Me and my bones pray their answer is yes. The Damavoy gazes now shift between one another, and then they all nod in unison. Weird, but good. Lorius tosses the M&M's bag. I promise, Papa Pip, I'll bring the scroll back. The Damavoy dragged their trade away, disappearing back into the pit. Lorius runs up the well-worn sloping path through the cavern's carved, arched obsidian entrance. Lavender and Rose's emblems are etched into the arch. Through another hallway, he navigates his way to the research room. Inside, Professor Stone sits on a simple wooden stool at a table piled with old books, a pair of wooden stakes, and other strange artifacts. He's reading with deep concentration from one of the old books. Professor, I found your scroll. The professor's back is to Lorius, and he doesn't answer. Lorius scans the room, satisfied they're alone. Professor Stone! Lorius raises his voice, moves in front of him, and softly lobs the scroll on the table. I hope this is worth it. As you well know, the Domovoy don't like folks taking their treasures or mucking about in their caves and tunnels. A hundred years ago, this was a lot easier on my bones and joints, and the professor knows this. Thank you, Lorius. The professor doesn't look up, but opens the scroll and sighs. That's the prophecy, isn't it? Lorius smacks the table and the books jump. Yes, it says the warrior bard shall bring down the cursed one. You know what to do. He tosses Lorius a small horn. Lorius catches it. But you're asking me to take out one of our own. Professor Stone punches air out his nose in a loud exhale. These are trying times. It was Mr. Michael's suggestion. He said the warrior bard's name is Boone Daniels. This was Flynn's idea. I don't believe you. Flynn's my best friend. Sacrifices more than any of us within the society. He took on Kashi the Deathless. He agreed to this. Unthinkable. Stone turns his focus back on Lorius. Believe what you will, but be careful. Alabaster Graves and his men could try to interfere. Members of the dragons and nymphs and their coven of steampunk bloodsuckers don't scare me. Lorius grabs a wooden stake from the table and slashes the air. My battle-thirsty heart roars more, 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 and my silver-haired head and weary bones scream more, more, more Bengay and Biafries. Professor Stone taps the table. Sound the horn when at the joust and their lance tips cross. Our man in the joust said it's the only way. But that means Flynn's to die. Flynn saved my hide too many times. And Stone knows this. Sound the horn during the joust. The professor's voice rings firm. I'll do it. Lorius doesn't like it, but he trusts Flynn and secures the horn in his inside jacket pocket. Lorius treks down a passageway stacked with floor-to-ceiling bookshelves, filled with more ancient books. Six or seven Damavoy are responsible for the library dust and pay him no heed. 
Their job is to dust, not guard the scroll. So they leave Lorius be. At the end of the passage, he stops in front of a painting of Belvedere Castle. He runs his fingers along the frame decorated with intertwined lavender and rose patterns. Lorius presses and says, North to south, east to west, let my journey see me through and back again. The design glows, and the painting transforms into a Renaissance fair joust. Bright light and the din of a rowdy crowd streams into the passageway. Lorius steps out into the sunshine. At his feet, popcorn, a half-eaten turkey leg, a torn map, and other rubbish. Above, sounds of thumps, plonks, plunks, and cheers. In front, the back of a stadium stand. Through the stand steps, he can see folks dressed as steampunk minstrels. A fellow dressed as a gypsy cracks jokes, then swallows a flaming dagger. Oohs and ahs from the crowd of busty, giggling girls and strapping lads in leather boots and off-white poet shirts. Past the stadium stands, through the crowd, Lorius spots the man in charge of announcing the joust, the marshal of the field. Everything as it should be. Lorius is under the wooden stands, exactly where he's supposed to be. The Renaissance Fair has begun. Speak of the devil? The words leap out of Lorius's mouth. A cold blade presses against his neck. You're getting slow, Lorius. The sharp edge pushes deeper, nicks into his skin. Mind telling me what the Lavender and Roses Society is doing at a Ren Fair joust in Missouri? Tell me before I spill more of your blood, you traitor. Lorius knows that grating, raspy voice and growling snarl anywhere. Lahash. Only if you tell me what the dragons and nymphs are doing here. Lorius leans forward, jerks back, quick, off both feet, arches with his full weight and throws both of them to the ground. Wham! Concrete smacks Lorius's spine. Ugh! Lorius slams an elbow into Lahash's groin, then rolls and blocks the blade thrust at his face. Lorius plants a solid right hook to Lahash's chin. The blade flies. Lorius pulls out the wooden stake from Professor Stone and plunges it deep into Lahash's chest. Blood spurts. You need to stop interfering with prophecies. His mouth gapes wide. Lorius twists the stake. Lahash struggles to suck in a breath and manages to speak. You need to stop interfering with dragons and nymphs' business. Alabaster Graves never sends Lahash alone. Where's the coon? He's never far behind you. Lorius's fingers tighten around the stake, and he stirs it in Lahash's chest. Slow, deliberate. This isn't over. Lahash's eyes roll back. He falls silent and still. Stay dead this time, Lorius says. The spectators remain clueless to the century-old feud between the societies beneath the stands. Lorius's eyes focus in and out. He grabs his head to steady the swaying. I'm getting too old for this. He struggles to spring to his feet. He struggles to stay upright. 
he struggles to find the marshal of the field. His eyes burn, his vision blurs, his knees fold. Dumb it, Lash. A poisoned blade? Lorius rubs the cut from Lahash's knife. He tries, but can't squint away the burning mist coating his eyes. Through the blurred pain, Lorius scans the arena field and spies Flynn and the other rider readying for the joust. Boone Daniels, the warrior bard. But Lorius senses he's not alone. He senses Alabaster Graves has sent another to stop him. Zakoon, come out, damn you! The agony of pain hammers his skull. You crafty, blood-sucking steampunk vampire. You're not getting the drop on me this time. Lorius waits for Zakun's assault. And waits. He doesn't come. Lorius shifts his attention back to the jousting field. May Flynn, Boone, and God have mercy on my soul for what I'm about to do, Lorius says, swallowing the bitter lump in his throat. He shuts his eyes, shakes his head. Fire rips through his gut and chest. Oh! Despite the pain from the poison, he must find the energy to carry out the prophecy. He must sound the horn to set everything in motion. He must force his eyes open. Lorius takes out the horn with shaking hands. You better be right, Stone. Lorius sucks in a mouthful of air leans against the stand steps, lifts the horn to his lips, and then Lorius spots Zakun. Zakun leaps, the flash of Lahash's poisoned blade in his hand. His slash rips the air, barely misses Lorius's cheek. Lorius catches Zakun's wrist, grabs his collar, and twists hard. They tumble onto scattered trash. The horn flies from Lorius's hand. Zakun gives a throaty laugh, a razor-sharp fang smile, and barrels down on Lorius's throat. Lorius's free hand stabs frantic in the trash. His fingers latch onto a sticky finger-width stick. He crams it full force into Zakun's mouth. Uh-uh, no biting, Lorius says with a hint of sarcasm. Crunch! Zakun's face crinkles in contempt. Lorius can't contain his smile. Zakun spits out mangled bits of stick and caramel apple. Lahash's unmoving body lies next to them. Lorius knees Zakun in his groin and rolls over Lahash. Zakun flies at Lorius. Lahash's blade guides his aim. Lorius yanks out the stake buried in Lahash's chest, turns onto his back. His arms burn, shake but his grip stays tight on the stake, and he forces the stake up. Zakun lands hard, impaled. His smirk slips away. His eyebrows fall into a frown. He hisses in rage. The blade in his hand falls. His body stills. The earth rumbles and shakes. The crowd roars. The joust has begun. Lorius searches and finds Stone's horn, he draws it to his lips. He sucks in as much air as possible and blows. Cut 
Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Chapter 1 Promise me 